Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Theory and Theology. Here in this podcast, we talk about culture, religion, spirituality, um, different topics along those lines. And, you know, I just rewatched a movie called Holy Rollers with Jesse Eisenberg. Um, I wanted to... Um, talk some about that movie like you know people who kind of know how I schedule out my weeks you know sometimes on uh between Friday nights and Saturday nights um I like to just take a break from work and that kind of stuff and I mostly like to um view um, different types of, you know, movies and stuff, content that's related to religion, even if it's not religious necessarily or spiritual necessarily. But I think um, <clears throat> sometimes we can get lessons from all kinds of things. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I'm about to go through this whole movie and explain kind of what I think about it. I've seen it multiple times, but I have been trying to watch it for a while, and today I just remembered that you could just, like, Google something, and it shows you all the platforms where you can watch it, and it's on Amazon Prime, at least at the moment, and I didn't really know it was on there, but it's on there with ads, so I rewatched it tonight, because I wanted to have a fresh view, because I haven't seen it in a while, but it is one of my favorite movies, so... Okay, so, spoiler. It's going to be all spoiler. So, if you haven't watched this movie, if you like movies that are about um, religious people um, that try to stick to their strict traditions and living in mainstream modern society, then um, maybe watch the movie first because you might actually like it and then come back to this podcast episode and listen if you're not gonna listen I mean if you're not gonna watch it um maybe check out a trailer on YouTube first or just like some clips of the movie so you can kind of get a vibe for what I'm for what I'm going for um when I'm talking about it and there's some points I want to hit on but basically, I'm just going to be spoiling the whole thing. Um, again, this is my opinion. It's just kind of my, like, things that stuck out to me. Um, I don't usually do a lot of, like, movie reviews, movie kind of spoilers or anything. But um, I, I wanted to try it and see kind of how it goes. Um, so this movie... Um, Holy Rollers, Holy Rollers, is basically, the story goes, um, it's a, um, Hasidic or ultra-Orthodox Jewish 
main character and he's about 20 years old in this movie and he's at a pivotal time in his life so he lives with his family he works with his father in like a textiles like fabric shop his father owns his own business um they can he can sustain the whole the whole family with that business um they live in new york i think he said he works in manhattan but um i don't know if he lives in crown heights and you know he's a very religious jew um you know, and, you know, living in New York, you know, he's exposed to just the city itself. I mean, New York isn't a cheap city. Um, the movie's set in the late 90s, but it's a, it's not a late 90s movie. Um, it's way um, newer than that. And so basically, um, his name, the main character's name is Samuel, Sammy Gold, and, you know, he's at a, he's 20 years old, meaning that, you know, he's, he's near the age where the Rebbe, the main, um, head of his sect, of his, uh, uh, group that lives there, um, the head person kind of decides who is going to get married, when, or um, who would get approved, or, you know, what kind of job roles somebody's going to take. So at the beginning of the movie, Sammy's at a point where, you know, he he likes a certain woman um, in his synagogue, who was friends with his sister, and, you know, he hasn't done any kind of, uh, their style of dating, he hasn't been told by the Rebbe or started meeting with the Rebbe about, you know, his future, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's just like, okay, like, you know, there, he knows it's coming up, but, you know, he also knows, okay, um, it's all in the hands of the Rebbe. It's all in the hands of his father. These are the people who are going to be deciding his uh, future, you know, and the next steps of his adult life. And so, mind you, mind you, he lives in New York. He lives in the city. He's not living, you know, it's not like the Amish who live, like, out in the middle of, like, other places, like, in, like secluded away. You know, he's in the main part of the city. You know, the, the shop has customers that are maybe Spanish-speaking or other different uh, cultures. Um, when he's, you know, walking around and, you know, yeah, there's black people walking around in that part of the city. There's, um, you know, just different interactions with different types of people. But mostly they tend to all stay to, to themselves. Like... Um, the ultra-Orthodox groups tend to stay to themselves uh, within their own group. They socialize within their own groups or just within other Jewish groups for the most part. They're ultra-Orthodox preferred. 
um, but otherwise, uh, mostly socializing with Jewish people, and not too much of their life is really spent too much interacting outside of, like, work, um, most of the social circles tend to be, you know, their own group, um, but, you know, they're not completely ignorant of, like, other cultures, you know, so, you know, the main dilemma at the beginning of the movie is that Sammy notices, you know, his family doesn't have any money, too much money, you know, they live in a, it seems like a four bedroom or so apartment in New York, or a little house in New York, maybe a duplex or something, townhouse, I don't know what the difference is, but um, it looks like a two-story house in New York, um, they have neighbors um, who are um, a, an elderly woman who doesn't work with her two sons, one of the sons is older than Sammy, but kind of like a little bit of a mentor in a way, he's kind of like showing him the ropes, uh, maybe a bit of a bad influence, but you know, Sammy kind of looks up to him because he's older and more mature and kind of introduces him to things that he he doesn't really know about. So, for example, you know, in Sammy's house, there's no television and he opens, you know, his curtains a little bit and um, Yosef or uh, yeah, Yosef leaves the, his window curtains a little bit open um, so that, um, well, there is a gap between the two houses because, um, you know, Sammy's able to look out his window into, um, Yosef's window and he's able to see the television. And so, you know, uh, Yosef watches shows like with Vanna White or like other people who kind of have like cleavage and like breasts and things like that showing, and that kind of exposes Sammy to kind of that type of thing, whereas, you know, in his own household, you know, his parents are kind of, like, not trying to do all that, um, not expose anybody to that, not even have that option in the house. Um, on the other hand, that household where Yosef lives, the neighbor, um, he's the one who is paying for his younger brother that's about Sammy's age, um, as well as his mother and himself to live in this house in New York. He says he's the one who pays the mortgage. He's the one who pays, you know, the bills and the utilities and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so the movie's kind of set around religion and money, tradition and money. Um, so you know, Sammy, you know, starts noticing, okay, the stove in our house doesn't work, you know, they have to use, like, pliers to, like, you know, get the, what do you call it when it's, like, what's the, I don't know what the word is, I'm, I'm blanking on the word completely, about, like, the, the setting that the stove has to be on for the, um, to be able to kind of light the stove, um, that setting doesn't really work unless they use the pliers and then they have to light a match. Um, and then 
it works. So there's that that doesn't work. I think there was a problem with the door. I don't remember. Um, it's not a very big house. It's a small house. And it's Sammy, who's like 20, his sister, who's a little bit younger than him, and then a young, very young brother who's probably like five or six years old, and then his two parents, mom and dad. So about five of them living in one house. It must have multiple bedrooms because uh, the young son does have his own bedroom. Sammy has his own bedroom, and I'm going to assume the parents have a bedroom where the old, where the uh, middle child, which is the daughter, doesn't sleep in their room. But there's no um, part in the show that shows like where her bedroom is or anything. Um, it's kind of just like assumed. It doesn't show the parents' bedroom either. It's kind of like assumed. Um, and so there's that. And, you know, they're living in this small house. Um, but, you know, they're making it work. And so at the company, at the at the shop, you know, Sammy works with his dad. And, you know, he's either going to take over his dad's shop, uh, work with his dad permanently, and then take over his dad's shop, or become a rabbi. So, um... Sammy doesn't really know if he really wants to be a rabbi. Um, I it sounds like there are people, like the the Rebbe and um, his father, who want him to be a rabbi, and the lady that he is interested in marrying. Um, that seems to be something she might prefer. Um, but Sammy does mention at a certain point that he plans to just stay and work with his father and that's going to be fine. Um, and so it comes to time when, you know, Sammy starts realizing, you know, he needs more money to become more impressive in the eyes of, of the, of the other family of his, um, of this lady he wants to marry and their family the last name is the lazars so the lazar daughter um he wants to like be able to impress her and so yosef the next door uh neighbor starts telling sammy about like women a little bit more about women about like how they might want flashy things or like that you know he might need to make some money and like he kind of puts in his mind like how do you think I pay for all this you know and Sammy sees that you know Yosef has a Rolex on and you know he doesn't really see the difference between like okay like Yosef looks religious he's dressed religious uh yeah maybe he's watching tv on the sabbath watching like stuff with boobs on it and stuff or whatever but you know he he still seems to look up to Yosef um and the younger brother, um, Yosef's younger brother, starts telling Sammy, you know, like, you know, just kind of steer clear of him. You know, he's a bad example. Um, you kind of see at certain points where the mom is kind of like mad at Yosef and kind of like almost yelling at him. And he kind of leaves the house, like storms out, just kind of like who knows what the argument was about. But like, you know, the family dynamic on that household wasn't very... Um, you know, wasn't very 
you know, uh, there was some tension. There was some tension there. Um, and so you start seeing all of these, like, cultural aspects of, like, how how money is important. You know, Sammy gets permission to go on this date with, well, it's kind of a date, but, like, uh, it's considered, like, a shiduk, but it's, like, arranged um, for him to meet the Lazar daughter. So this takes place in the kind of like a parlor of the Lazar family and Sammy's sitting on one side of the couch the daughter's sitting on the other side of the couch and the parents are in the doorway of that room um and so these two are kind of just talking just casually um but before that Sammy wanted to meet her and it the you know he told his sister like I want to meet her I want to meet her and the sister's like, you know, you're not supposed to, like, talk to each other before. You know, that's not how this works. So, you know, there's a time, like, at the synagogue where after, you know, a service is over, you know, the two uh, kids, like, his younger uh, brother, Yankel, and I guess the Lazar daughter's other younger brother or whatever, um, you know, they they start playing with each other and... Um, this is like after the service where people are just kind of mingling around and then Sammy goes over to them and says like, oh, I see the kids were, were playing together. And then the sister's kind of like, kind of like, she says something that kind of lets him know to get out of here, you know, take your uncle to the bathroom or whatever, um, to kind of like get him out of the way. And so he leaves then and then, yeah, he meets her cause he was scheduled to meet her and then they did that thing like with the couch and they're sitting there and they're talking and you know she starts asking him you know where are you gonna where you know where are you planning on um you know are you gonna study at the Colwell and he's like well I already work in Manhattan but you know the Rebbe's gonna tell him if he's gonna you know become a rabbi or work in textiles or what um and then she starts asking you know things like you know like you like do you prefer or do you prefer basketball and he's like oh you saw me you you've seen me you know playing basketball and she's like oh no no cuz the parents were like standing right there listening and so he's just kind of like all right you know and then she starts saying how she like watches over her brothers and sisters and he says that he wants a lot of kids and so does she and like he says he wants 5 she says she wants 8 and then he starts realizing that's going to cost a whole lot of money. And that, you know, you can tell by his reaction to that, that, like, that's a lot of money. And he's starting to think, okay, if I'm working for my dad in textiles, you know, I'm not, how am I going to, you know, make money? Like, he's walking around with duct tape on his shoe. You know, the stove doesn't work. Um, he's trying to haggle in the in the shop to, like, make a few extra bucks here and there. Um, you know, it seems like the relationship at work with his father and him are, is kind of tense. The father's more interested in keeping prices low to get returning customers. Um, Sammy's more interested in, you know, getting the maximum amount of money you can for each purchase. Uh, they don't see eye to eye on that. Um, it seems like, I mean, you don't really see it too often other than like once, 
but you know it seems like Sammy does really gravitate towards you know wanting to be good at his job and wanting to be good at work and being told that he's doing a good job and so you know when he starts to talk to Yo- Yosef more the neighbor uh, that had the Rolex and everything the Hasidic neighbor with the Rolex he was kind of like oh like you know you know they start talking money and he's kind of like he offers him a job say, saying you know if you want to work with me you know we're delivering medicine you know from Europe like just you know I can pay you a thousand dollars all expenses paid you make a thousand dollars off the trip um all you're doing is like getting medicine and bringing it back to New York and so he he starts to realize um you know he can do that job but his father starts realizing okay well you're not showing up at work for me you're missing dinner like where are you like he's not really home as much mind you he lives with his parents and so they know you know he works with his father and he lives at the house so it doesn't make too much sense for him to be somewhere else on a regular basis right um and so you know he starts getting into this habit of working for Yosef who introduces him to um this other guy um this Israeli guy like in Amsterdam and they basically are you know importing pills from Amsterdam to the US but you know to a certain extent, you know, Sammy's kind of kept in the dark a little bit about it. Um, he starts getting into other things, you know, once the Lazar family officially is like, we're going to go with somebody else. We're not going to, you know, um, go with Sammy as a possible husband for our daughter. Um, he starts getting a little upset by that. And there's more tension between him and his father. There's more tension at his, um, that is like there's just basically more attention like you know at you know his um you know between him and his and his friend which is Yosef's younger brother um the younger brother stopped working for Yosef after the first time after he knew, um, like, once they found out that what they were, um, smuggling was a type of drug, um, because one of the people who picked them up mentioned something about drugs, and then they were like, what, we, you said it was medicine, like, what the heck, you know, and so, you know, um, Yosef's brother tells, tells Sammy, you know, just give Yosef back the money, because he made like a thousand dollars but you can tell like sammy's like okay i don't want to give this money back and then you start seeing him more and more getting more and more involved in that um and he was keeping it up for a while and then it starts affecting him you know at home it starts affecting him you know in the synagogue where he's like 
I don't know if he was like hung over or what and he's like almost nodding off during the service and his dad's kind of nudging him to like wake him up and like you know it's just a bad impression and you know he starts getting into you know there's a a, a lady that is kind of like with the main uh the main boss guy um in Amsterdam um he's he kind of likes her and you know she's really kind to him nice to him she's like friendly with him takes a lot of ecstasy is like kissing him and flirting with him and you know that kind of thing and you know um you know things start getting harder and harder for Sammy because he's like making all this money but then he's also hiding that fact that he's making money um like he can't really show it he can't really you know show like some of the new clothes he gets in Amsterdam or the sneakers he has or the money that he has he can't really just be buying stuff he's just stockpiling money because like he can't just be flashing money around um at a certain point he buys his parents a new stove and you know once he comes home when the stove's getting delivered his parents and family are like sitting at the table and he's just the dad's just like I don't want any part of this like what are you doing you know like you've been lying and then Sammy denies it and he's like no no I haven't been lying like what are you saying and his dad kind of kicks him out and he's just you know nobody's really too happy you know he's caught between this world you know so once his dad kicks him out, he ends up cutting off his, his, they're called like payas or like the side curls that he has. He ends up cutting them off, you know, it's kind of like a an outward sign that he's not really like, like acting religious anymore. He doesn't wear the same like black suit with white shirt. Um, you don't really see him wearing the same garb anymore, like similar like still button down shirts and like slacks and jackets and stuff but not the same Hasidic style ones and um you know you can tell he's trying to do something different like let's let's go into this you know mainstream world and he starts recruiting like young Hasidic people who need money Hasidic fam- like young families who might need money um, people who, you know, aren't suspicious, I mean, they look Hasidic, nobody's gonna be like, oh, you have drugs, you know, um, but, you know, there's a point where, you know, um, well, I probably should say somewhere in there, um, Yosef, the guy next door, his younger brother ends up marrying the Lazar daughter that Sammy really was in love with, and had a crush on and really had his hopes set on marrying um the her, her family disapproved of Sammy and approved for um the neighbor the neighbor and um he was confused by that cuz he's like well what's going on with that like you you know he, he doesn't have any money like why you know like he has less money than than Sammy even, you know, like, and, um, they mentioned, like, you know, 
they want a shepherd to keep her away from the wolves. It had nothing to do with the money. It was just kind of the type of person that they wanted for the daughter. And so, um, you know, basically, you know, at the end, you know, Sammy realizes, like, um, that the girl that he knows from Amsterdam, um, that's with the main boss, that, you know, she has kind of been toying with him, you know, making comments like, oh, like, we should run away together, and he kind of took it almost seriously, like, okay, like, there's this girl, I like her, like, we can, we can do this, we can leave together, you know, and then she's just like, wait, like, what are you, what are you saying, like, you know, you're young, and like, you know, he's like, well, how old are you, you know, like, and she doesn't say how old she is, but she was, if not older in age, she's older in, you know, um, just what she's dealing with and the types of people she's around, just her life experience is way different than his, um, I mean, there's no real way to compare, right, but it's like, her life experience is way different than his life experience and so I mean and a lot of times religious people are seen almost as like sheltered but the interesting thing about this story is that even though maybe someone like you know a Hasidic Jew like Sammy you know might not be fully sheltered like that like um not like Amish people would be so much like they're just not really um a part of you know living their lives like like mainstream Americans um but you know they're very much in the middle of the culture and a big part of the city and where they live in New York they're a big part of the city and so it's like um you know, it's not like he's, he doesn't know about things at all, you know, he just doesn't live his life, you know, focused on all that, but he does get pretty focused in on money, um, you know, after that, after he realizes he's not going to be with that lady, um, you know, he goes kind of harder at work, and he starts, you know, working for this boss, and he starts kind of, you know, trying to assert himself more and be a little bit more, um, you know, um, taking more initiative and, you know, the boss doesn't like that. He's like, no, we're not partners. Like he tries to like put him in his place and Sammy doesn't like that. He's like, okay, all this time he was loving how this boss was saying to him, you're doing good. You did good. You know, like you did a good job. You know, I like the way you work. He even showed up in Manhattan once out in front of his father's shop when they were opening and mentioned to his father how good of a job they were doing. And, like, he didn't tell him exactly about the pills and stuff, but he he told him, you know, um, you know, that they were, you know, that, you know, Sammy works hard. He's a good worker. And the dad's kind of surprised, like, oh, like, Sammy's been working for you. And then Sammy's trying to be kind of like, like, hush, hush. And then, like, the dad doesn't say much about it, but, you know, you can tell there's some tension at work about that. Um, 
and then yeah at the end um you know Sammy comes back after after they get you know they kind of get caught at the airport the Hasidic couples get caught at the airport when they're um leaving and then Sammy kind of gets through security um cuz he doesn't look like them either and so he just goes through really quickly um and you know just tries to find Joseph somewhere in Amsterdam he finds him or maybe they're in New York by this time I think they're in New York by this time and he tries to find find him couldn't find him um Joseph says some weird comment like oh we'll just drive through the night and keep driving a few days and go to the west coast I have a cousin there and and then um you know Sammy's kind of like wait like that doesn't sound like a legit idea you know and so you know he you know it seems like Yosef is kind of just doing his own thing um and you know Sammy eventually goes back um to near his house he doesn't go to his actual house he goes to the neighbor's house where Yosef's brother who's about his own age the guy who married the Lazar daughter he goes over to that house and he's kind of like you know I need help like you know he says that to the to the guy and he's like you know I just wanted you to know I did go to your wedding and you know I, I need I need help you know he was trying to like be more open about like okay like I'm in a bad situation right now and you hear the police sirens coming and they're closer and closer and closer and then like at the end you see kind of like the information that they write on the screen that like Yosef and the main boss they got like 16 years or 18 years or something in in jail the lady that was kind of pulling Sammy's leg uh about like trying to like lead him on and stuff in Amsterdam she got one year in in prison and Sammy and the other Hasidic Jews got 28 years uh, sorry 28 months not years 28 months in um uh what is it like a federal boot camp um and so um that was the result and you see at the end you know Sammy's wearing the blue sorry the red the orange jumpsuit and he's kind of walking with a book in his hand and you see his father there with him and so it looks like they reconciled his father came to visit him um and they probably were talking like they were kind of joking talking so it sounds like things were on good terms um I mean at that point it's kind of like there's nothing you can do he gets caught um he's kind of down on his luck you know all the stuff with his status and his community and not getting the women that he wants and not being considered like um attractive or um, somebody that other people are desiring or um, getting the jobs that he that he wants to have offered like he doesn't seem to have the status in the community that other people are kind of wanting him to have and stuff like that I mean that he wants himself to have because um, people are kind of making these decisions based on what they see about him you know so you know it's it just seems like a very challenging lifestyle to say the least but um yeah I really liked I really liked rewatching that I've seen it so many times um 
I think I gave a really confusing explanation of this whole uh, movie and spoiler, but um, some of the things that really stuck out to me were really the the money part, because um, I think a lot of times that can be something that, you know, if you don't have specific goals with it, um, and just like a vision with it, it, it can get to a point where there's never enough, you know? Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with striving for more, trying to make life better, you know, almost playing the game like, okay, like, let's see how much I can actually get as an income and that kind of thing. I see nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But there is a fine line between letting the money get to you or letting it get in the way of, you know, your integrity, your relationships. Uh, your choices, your decisions, like, um, it's really a fine line sometimes. And another thing about religion and traditions, um, you know, um, sometimes, you know, they can be a bit on the limiting end. Like, if Sammy wasn't a Hasidic Jew he would have probably had a lot more freedom to go just choose a different job and work somewhere else and do something else and just get a job somewhere else. Um, I don't know if that's permitted or not, but one thing I did hear um, in a documentary somewhere about why a lot of Hasidic Jews would prefer to own their own businesses is, you know, they it does give them a lot of religious freedom as well. Because, you know, they can shut down their shops whenever they need to do that. Um, they can, you know, have their religious holy days when they need to do that. Um, nothing's really going to be conflicting with their religion unless they make it conflict with their religion. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. I really like this uh, YouTube channel called Living L'Chaim. Living L'Chaim, it's about, uh, it's a lot about finances, but... It's usually Orthodox Jews talking about finances and money and business and stuff like that. Um, it's a different cultural outlook because I think in a lot of uh, mainstream Western American culture that's not religious, that's not um, Orthodox Jewish, you know, people kind of just decide that they're going to do what they're going to do. There's no nobody in charge that's telling you, okay, you're part of our group, so... You know, even if you go to a church or something, you don't have your pastor telling you what type of job you're going to do, who you're going to start dating, who might be prospective people for you to marry. Like, usually people aren't that involved in one another's lives unless they're close friends or family. And so there is a lot more freedom and flexibility to kind of make things work. But then also there's not that community. They kind of make sure that, like, everybody kind of has something um, and is kind of taken care of, and that there's other people that might have different insights into your life than what you might have on your own. Um, there's other people who might see you in a different light or see different aspects of you that might actually, maybe not necessarily know better than you do, but might have a different um, perspective on things that could be helpful for you. Um, yeah, and then... 
yeah, there's not really usually that much involvement. Um, so that's one thing. And, um, like, another thing is, too, you know, like, I think it's not uncommon for people to get involved in stuff where it's like, eh, maybe this isn't such a good idea. But kind of knowing your limits and knowing when it's too much, knowing when, you know, when you, you know, maybe went a little too far or, um, you know, did a little too much, um, whether that's, you know, making bad financial decisions or bad decisions with work or with substances or with, you know, relationships or anything along those lines, you know, sometimes things just go too far. And there is like, just like kind of how the movie shows, there is kind of that line where it's like, you can always step back um, and it's not too late. And then there is that kind of line where it's very blurred between like, when it's not too late to come back and then when it's too far gone to come back and then something has to hit rock bottom for things to kind of come come back right so um and I don't really even think I mean of course that's a sucky situation for anyone to deal with for sure but um you know I don't necessarily think it's always bad because a lot of times people come out of it um better you know they come out of it more um just better you know just in a better place doing better things um just everything just kind of you know better um and so that's kind of you know how i've kind of seen it um how things have kind of gone um you know for a lot of people and um i think it's a very relatable movie you know i don't find that many movies that are very relatable for both maybe people who might be religious and people who might not be religious um i kind of like it when there's movies that kind of hit both dynamics um on on the extremes you know and that's kind of one thing that draws me towards like ultra religious cultures like like the Amish like like um ultra orthodox Jews is because you know they are kind of a, an extreme of a religion you know to a point where there's like people choosing what you're doing and what you're not doing um uh what they prefer for you and stuff like that there's a lot more people involved versus you know completely secular extreme lifestyles where it's like you know people just kind of do whatever they're doing and it's not to say that one's better or worse than the other i mean people on all sides can get caught up in things that really aren't good for them that aren't good for their families that aren't good for um people around them um people can get caught up anybody can get caught up and i think that's kind of what i get from 
this type of story is that, you know, anyone can get caught up. It's hard to really know um, sometimes, like, where that fine line is, where it's best to kind of stop the dabbling, you know, and not get in too deep. And then, you know, even just things like boundary setting, you know, when there's somebody that you just kind of got to let go. Like, you could tell in this in this father's situation when he kind of told Sammy, like, you got to get out of my house, you know, you got to leave. Like, when that stove came, he was like, you got to leave. Like, what are you doing? Like, somebody came here looking for a gun. Um, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're bringing crime around my house and, like you're lying to me and like you've got to go you got to get out like I'm not gonna look at you you're not my son just like get out of my house you know and you could tell there was pain for both of them you know Sammy trying to lie to his dad to save himself and say like no 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 um I don't want to like disappoint him and like say that this bad stuff is actually going on and then the dad just being like oh man like you can't even own up to it like I already know the truth like, I'm pretty sure they went through his room and saw that there was money and saw that there was all this other stuff. It's like, you know, like, they probably know that he's got these other clothes, that he's got these other sneakers, that he's got, like, wads and wads of cash unless he's keeping it in a bank. It's like, you know, everybody kind of knows. So... Yeah, um, I just, I really find this movie refreshing. It's one of those movies that I really like. Um, it's kind of a bittersweet kind of thing, but it's a movie that I really enjoy. And, um, I would recommend it to anybody, even though I just spoiled the whole thing. But I hope that nobody that was going to watch this that doesn't like spoilers, um, that was going to listen to the watch sorry i hope that no no one that was gonna actually watch this movie that doesn't like uh spoilers wasn't like listening to this whole thing and then like dang like you screwed up the whole movie like i tried to explain that this is a spoiler you know i don't know how many different ways i can say it that you know i'm literally gonna spoil the whole movie and i just did i mean it's definitely i don't think i gave the best explanation but i i did like the concepts in it uh, kind of the the things that I got out of it. Um, sometimes I try to think about, like, why am I so drawn to this movie? Because um, there's some movies I'm just drawn to, and that's one of them. It's one of my... I don't know if it's one of my favorite movies, but I've watched it, like, probably six times, seven times. Like, I like it a lot. So, um, yeah, check it out. Holy Rollers, if you haven't seen it yet, if you still want to see it, or if you have seen it, if you want to watch it again... Uh, maybe you'll get different things out of it compared to what I said. Um, maybe the same exact things. I don't know. Um, there's probably some kind of commentary or something where, you know, the actual directors are like talking about it and stuff. But, um, yeah, I like, I like the movie a lot. It's a cool one. Um, but for now, thanks for listening. (laughs) 